This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 798 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Dr. Chris Newton of Rood and Riddle Equine Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky, joins dressage radio shows hosts Reese Kofler-Stanfield and Philip Parks with some interesting insight on the types of injuries most often found in dressage horses and horses that have similar athletic demands. And we'll get right to our tip right after this important message from Horse Quencher. Jen here, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show on the Horse Radio Network. Do you worry when your horse doesn't drink enough? Well, of course you do. Being fully hydrated is your horse's first line of defense against minor issues becoming major ones. All Natural Horse Quencher is the product that helps even the fussiest drinkers drink more. Listen to what Chester Weber, winner of the USEF National Foreign Hand Championships, eight years running, has to say about Horse Quencher. One often doesn't know they need a product until they're introduced to it. Since I was introduced to Horse Quencher, I've been wildly impressed with its ability to keep the horses in the water buckets drinking, and it's given me real peace of mind. Take it from Chester Weber. Horse Quencher is the all-natural product you need to help your horses drink as much as they should. Ask for Horse Quencher at your local tack and feed store or online at horsequencher.com. We have a part one of a two-part series with Dr. Chris Newton talking about the common injuries to the dressage horse and how uh, we can treat and prevent some of these injuries. Well, it is my pleasure to have Dr. Chris Newton, an FEI vet, a partner at Rudin Riddle Equine Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky. Chris is an active event rider and a parent of a pony clubber, and he is also our vet here at Maple Crest Farm. So Chris, it is so great, and thank you for taking your time this evening to come on the radio show. Absolutely. I'm excited to be on and always happy to support the dressage community and clients to yourself. Great. Well, Chris, we were talking yesterday when you were here at the farm about some topics that we should talk about. And we decided this evening we should talk about some common injuries of a dressage horse, ways to deal with those injuries, and some exercises to rehabilitate um, horses back into work. So if we could just get started on what are some common injuries for dressage horses? Well, certainly, as in any sport horse, the most common injuries generally are associated with the foot. Um, The feet are a very complex structure which function not only as a support element, but they function to provide increased blood flow throughout the lower limb uh, and as a shock absorbing mechanism for the entire apparatus. Um, I think the old saying, no foot, no horse, is generally a very true stain same for all sport horses, and that's often the first place that we want to look for really addressing uh, long-term soundness and preventing injuries as we move up the limb. 
uh, a good relationship between the farrier and the veterinarian and uh, dealing with good terrain, good footing, and good environmental care of the horse along with nutrition are really going to point in the appropriate direction for care of the foot. Uh, some of the common problems that we see with the foot is the old uh, navicular issue, which we used to call everything that was sore in the back aspect of the horse's foot, navicular disease, but we're now realizing over the last eight years with the advent of the MRI that we have a significantly greater number of structures which are being injured in that caudal aspect of the foot. So it's not just a bony degenerative process, but lots of soft tissue structures. And this has really created quite a paradigm for veterinarians and for farriers, I think. It used to be that when horses presented with heel soreness or caudal foot soreness, we tended to treat the coffin joints, change the shoeing, proceed on, and if they didn't get better, we did an erectomy. <clears throat> um, a few years ago, uh, a study was done in which they took 100 horses who had chronic unsoundness associated with the caudal foot uh, that had not returned to soundness, and they did x-rays, ultrasounds, bone scans of those horses, and none of those were diagnostic. They did, then did MRIs, and they found that 70% of those horses had injuries to the tendon, the deep digital flexor tendon as it coursed down through the back of the foot, and that presents a real paradigm because it's basically a, a bow tendon, which is in the foot, and we all know what a bow tendon in the lower leg looks like. We all fear that injury to a certain degree. It's not as common in the dressage horse in front. It certainly happens a bit behind in the dressage horse, but that injury in the front foot in the dressage horse is not terribly uncommon at all and something that we should... Uh, be very mindful of, and when we do see hind foot or hind back heel injuries, I think we should always be a little bit cautious about how aggressive we are at pushing them forward quickly. So from there, we would move up the leg uh, to pastern, and we see a lot of pastern arthritis in specifically older dressage horses. And one of the wonderful things about the dressage world is that rarely do we see horses peaking as we do in the thoroughbred industry or the racing industry at the age of three or four, but we really see them peaking at the age of 10 to 17. Uh, so we're dealing with a lot of horses that are into their early 20s and still very, very competitive. And so low-grade, chronic, persistent arthritis of those lower joints of the leg, such as low ring bone or coffin joint arthritis, high ring bone, Pastern, which is pastern joint arthritis or fetlock arthritis, become very common. Um, and the fetlock arthritis I generally see in the dressage horse in the hind fetlocks. It's very common in the hind fetlocks. The pastern joint arthritis and the coffin joint arthritis we often see in the front legs. <clears throat> this is an area where you'll begin to see the horse's gaits. Uh, diminish in, in its energy, diminish in its dynamic movement, and, and then seeing uh, low, low head bobbings or inconsistencies or lack of rhythm and cadence to the gait as the horses begin to appear having low-grade lamenesses. Um, 
we move up the legs from there and we run into the suspensory ligaments. Um, everybody kind of fears the word suspensory ligament uh, injury because uh, they've seen hind suspensories, which can be really chronic and nagging injuries. We, we, the hawk and the horse is very similar to the heel in the human being. And those suspensory injuries are a little bit like a plantar fasciitis where they tend to be inflammatory, low-grade, and have a persistent pain. Um, and horses in the dressage world are really asked to shift their weight from that front end to their hindquarters. The horse naturally carries about 60% of its weight on the front end. But when you begin to look at horses at beyond second-level dressage, we begin to see horses that are carrying more like 60% of their weight on their hindquarters. And that puts uh, atypical stresses on these supportive structures behind. Uh, the other thing we see with age is associated with um, Cushing's disease or uh, pituitary adenomas, which is really an age-associated disease in the horse. We begin to see high levels of cortico steroid or cortisol, endogenous cortisol secretion, and that can have a significant effect on healing and regeneration of the suspensory ligaments. So the suspensory ligaments are an area that we should pay really a lot of attention to uh, in the horse and specifically in the dressage horse, those hind suspensories at their attachments by the hawk and then down by the fetlocks. As we move up the legs from there, uh, in the forelimbs, we rarely see uh, diseases associated with the knees and the shoulders and the elbows in the dressage horse, but we commonly see uh, pathology associated with the distal hock joints and with the stifle joints in, in the dressage horse. Again, as we shift that weight to the back end, we begin to see a lot of uh, degenerative joint disease or osteoarthritis of these high range of motion joints in the hindquarters, specifically the medial joint of the stifle, which is a very high range of motion joint and a very intense load-bearing joint. And uh, in humans, we see lots of high-level athletic uh, humans who uh, begin to have uh, knee dysfunction at around the age of 30 or 40, and then at the age of 60, they're beginning to have total knee replacements or at least partial knee replacements. We haven't advanced in the horse to the to the age of joint replacements, but uh, we want to really focus on keeping that stifle joint very healthy. And a lot of what's important to keeping those hind joints healthy is, number one, keeping consistent muscular strength. We want the quadricep muscles to provide strong stability to the stifle joint so that it doesn't enter into excessive load bearing or extreme ranges of load and strength bearing uh, without having the support to strength to hold the joint in place. And we, ought, we want to make sure that whatever low-grade inflammation is occurring in those joints, we're able to really diminish very quickly. Uh, cartilage, which lines these joints, or joint cartilage, which lines these joints and provides for the smooth flow and the smooth function of these joints, is not regenerated with age. And 
that cartilage doesn't receive its nutrition from blood vessels that run through the bones. It actually receives its nutrition from the fluid, which is produced by the capsules which encapsulate these joints. If joints begin to have low grades of inflammation, the cells in the joint capsule stop producing the quality of joint fluid that's necessary to feed this cartilage, and then the cartilage begins to atrophy or to shrink, and then it becomes more prone to, to being chipped off and ulcerating and being lost. And then as you reach sort of a, a dead-end point of losing enough cartilage where you have bone beginning to wear on bone, then you're going to ha have the presence of severe degenerative joint disease or severe osteoarthritis, and that begins to become very difficult to reverse. So we want to begin early in these dressage horses' lives with strengthening the appropriate structures, the, teaching those muscles how to contain the range of motion of the joint so that we don't have joints which are popping way out of place and having pressures and banging on that cartilage. And we also want to deal with the inflammation in the joint with products such as uh, polysulfated glycosaminoglycans and hyaluronic acid and potentially joint injections if necessary if you have a significant enough joint flare so that you keep the quality of that joint fluid to a maximum and allow the feeding of the cartilage uh, to be maximized and the health of that cartilage to be maintained. We we oftentimes see young, high quality of dressage horses which move like gumbies. They're incredibly elastic with unbelievably dynamic movement. But those horses are oftentimes the most prone at damaging the cartilage in the joints because they will hyperextend their joints or hyperflex their joints when they're being put into motion. And so it's those young horses that we really want to focus on uh, developing the, the art periarticular muscle strength so that those joints are held well. And uh, that can be done through kinesiostatic exercises such as hand movements, but it's also done through really proper dressage, which begins through engaging the entire top line, and then we can begin to focus on it. And as we move upward from those, from those joints within the legs, we then see an entire axial skeleton or a skeleton that starts at the, the first joint right behind the skull and ends at the last joint at the, base, at the top of the tail head. Uh, and there's a tremendous number of joints which run within that skeleton. And those joints in the dressage horse are imperative to get the appropriate range of motion so that the muscles of the back and of the neck can engage up and the horse is allowed to bring its shoulders up correctly and engage the muscles of the hind end. If the dressage horse is asked to flex through the pole and through the neck, but the back is ventriflexed, and, and meaning it's, the spine is pushed downward towards its belly, then the joints of the hind limb are going to receive more impact on the front of the hind limb. The, the range of motion of the hind limb won't continue all the way through so that the horse is landing correctly, and then you'll have excessive jarring going up through those joints. You'll have bruising of that cartilage on a continuous basis. You'll get low-grade joint inflammation. You'll have poor production of joint fluid, and then you'll accelerate 
the rain, the deterioration of his joints and shorten the long-term career of the horse. Uh, as I tell most of my clients, the most difficult component of the horse's anatomy to achieve appropriate fitness in is the nervous system, the brain and the nerves. Uh, the easiest thing to condition is the heart. And what we want to do is we want, it takes us oftentimes 12, 13, 14, 15 years to get the brain and that nervous system functioning correctly so that when we apply a subtle half halt, the horse does an appropriate passage or pee off. But we want to have the horse's joints and limbs still functioning like they were four-year-olds at the time that their nervous system has developed and become fit enough to sustain that level of training. Glenda Geek here. You know, I get asked all the time by horse people, I want to build my own website. What service should I use? Well, there's only one service I recommend without hesitation, and that is Squarespace.com. If you're looking to build a website for your horse farm, training business, boarding stable, or personal rider page, or maybe even a blog, and you want to do it yourself and end up with a professional-looking website, then there's only one place to go, Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easy with one of the simplest do-it-yourself interfaces available. You choose the theme you like, and then you just drag and drop the elements you want into that theme and start adding your pictures and content, and off you go. Plus, they give you 15 days to try it with no strings. They don't even ask for your credit card. If you sell things, they even have an e-commerce solution. Plus, your new website will integrate with Facebook and Twitter like a dream. I've been using this company for years and have recommended it to dozens of horse people. No matter what your skill level, Squarespace is for you. Give it a try for 15 days free by going to horseradionetwork.com and clicking on the Squarespace banner on the right side of the page. Horseradionetwork.com. Click on the Squarespace banner on the right side of the page. And that's a wrap. If you enjoyed Reese and Philip chatting about all things dressage, you can tune in every week at dressageradio.com. You can also find lots more tips about topics ranging from barn care to websites for horse people, as we just demonstrated, on horsetipdaily.com. Just look for the topics drop-down menu on the left. And don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of the folks at Horse Quencher. You can find them online at horsequencher.com. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.